Hello, hospitalitarians. Welcome back to another episode of Hospitality MD. We're glad you could join us this week. This episode is one I'm very excited to share with everyone. I had the opportunity to sit down with Ken Patel, CEO of the brand new EV Hotel Group. EV plans to revolutionize the way we operate our hotels by incorporating artificial intelligence to automate back-of-house operations and optimize the guest experience. I know that seems like a world away right now, but after listening to this, you may find yourself thinking, why haven't we done this sooner? Before we get started with the show, please be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your hospitality family. If you're listening in on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to scroll down and write us a review. In doing so, you will help us show the world that hospitality is everyone's business. Remember, Hospitality MD is offering a suite of hotel management and consulting services designed to bring hospitality back to hotels. To find out more information, visit www.hospitality-md.com. You are now listening to Hospitality MD's interview with Ken Patel, CEO of EV Hotel Group. Ken Patel, welcome to Hospitality MD, and thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And uh, it's it's now your your third podcast of the day, so <laughs> we'll make sure that we try and hopefully it's a little yeah. bit uh, it's interesting for you to keep you engaged. Um, for those listening, uh, be sure to check out David Mignano's podcast. Be my guest. Uh, just put out an episode about Ken, uh, which really focused on his story uh, to help you get a feel for what Ken has been through and 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 a little bit about his background. It was a great episode. And also Ken had just appeared on No Vacancy Live with Glenn Hausman and, and Anthony Melchiori today. Uh, so be sure to check that out uh, on your podcast platforms. So Ken, You've been in the industry for a long time. You started out in operations in New York City, um, and and it's and it's been a long journey for you. You even ended up in in Dubai getting your degree at one point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So so your career has taken you all over the world, um, and it, it for somebody to to do all these things to to move to go here to get your degree to to run companies, it takes a certain level of passion. So I want to start by getting to the bottom of, of where this stems from. And I, I like to ask this question to a lot of our guests, which is, do you remember the first moment that you actually felt hospitality yourself? Like that kind of enunciation moment where you felt like, Oh, this is, this is awesome. I like this. Yeah, it was actually, um, so I'll give you a little background story. Uh, when I was 16, my parents said that we're not giving you lunch money. You need to go work on the weekend. So a high school student 
working seven to seven Saturday and Sunday. And it was a family friend that owns a day owned a days in at that time in New Jersey. And, um, you know, I think my, my first day I was there and, you know, I was just told, okay, you just got to check in guests, you know, kind of whatever they need. And I sat on a chair. I'm like, man, you get paid for sitting on a chair. Oh, this is awesome. You know, I mean, I'm just collecting money, just sitting there and waiting for people to come in. So I kind of, I fell in love for the wrong reason, you know, as to just sitting there and thinking this is easy money. So, you know, that, that was my, that was my moment at that point where I said, I like this and interacting with the guests was my passion. Um, and I, it, it still is. My passion is interacting, getting to know the guests and what, what their insights are. So, I mean, that's kind of my story there. What, at, at what point did did it go from I'm just kind of chilling, I'm in high school, I'm sitting down, I'm checking people in for you to actually say to yourself, I'm going to Dubai, I'm going across the world to get my degree and I'm going to really start taking this seriously. What changed for you? Um, it, it was at that time I, I really followed. It, it was a mentor that I had. Um because my girlfriend in high school, her dad was a VP of a hospitality company. And, you know, he kind of told me as to the scale and where things are with hospitality. And we're going back to like 98 here. Um, And, you know, to show that one of the best schools in the world is Emirates Academy in Dubai. Um, And he put me in connection with somebody over there. And I was like, hey, man, good get to go to Dubai for four years, you know, and at that time, Dubai wasn't really that big, but then you, you see the pictures and you're like, Oh, I want to be there, you know? So, and you get to be in warm weather at that point when you're from the Northeast, you know, and not getting snow um, and you don't have to shovel your driveway. So, you know, I was like, okay, let me, let me try that. And, you know, my parents are like, we want you to be a doctor. I'm like, I don't want to be, touching somebody and you know feel what if I kind of don't it doesn't go the right way and next thing you know I'm the enemy so (laughs) you know um I decided I loved hospitality at that point I did that whole gig with that days in for like two years and you know I got to learn a lot about it and I, I it was very interesting to me um that it's not a one department fold we we have a multiple department fold that you're just not learning one thing at a time. You're you're learning about ten things at a time, and I'm I'm very keen to be multitasking. So you know, it was something I wanted to pursue and kind of look at it more. And Dubai was an interest due to the, I mean, extensive amount of rooms per hotel. I mean, they had hotels that were just enormous, um, and it taught me a lot about service we don't offer that kind of service here. So that's one of the things I'm very big on. Uh, They're very big on hand service that we don't, I feel like we don't believe in a lot here. Um, What, what is that for? Cause I actually don't know. And and I'm sure a lot of us in the U S maybe. Basically we're more, we're more directionally pointing. If somebody asks you for a restroom, you're like, it's to the right. 
where Dubai is, they will guide you to the restroom, more of a hand service. They will, they will tell you where things are. They will walk you to it. Um, if the front desk is right next to you where your sundry shop is right there, they will actually open the uh, door itself, hand you the bottle of water or the soda or whatever it is that you would like. And it, it, that touch right there drives it a little bit more than us pointing to where things are. We're always keen to point to where something is. It might be right next to us, but we're still pointing it instead of picking it up and giving it to the guest. So this hand service, right, that's that's popular overseas in the Middle East. And, you know, I uh, one of our, our previous guests and somebody who I was actually telling you about on, on the messages yesterday, Craig Poole, who runs Reading Hospitality, um, he, he always talks about Singapore. You know, they have as many employees as they do rooms in the hotel and that sort yeah. of sentiment, which sounds like it's very similar to maybe Dubai in that sense. But we just don't see that here in the U.S., at least not typically. After having experienced both sides of the coin here, do you know why that is? Do you have any speculation as to why the U.S. doesn't have that level of service? I, I, I feel like we don't preach service. You know, everything falls off of service. And we're always preaching is like, okay, let's make sure our revenue is great. Oh, let's let's make sure we clean our rooms within 30 minutes. Let's make sure, you know, breakfast is opened at six. But none of that involves our guest interaction. It, it doesn't involve our guest interaction. We don't talk about, okay, let's make sure when Mr. Smith comes today, um, he gets the best service possible. Let's make sure all our arrivals have certain things. Or let's make sure we're making our departure calls or making our courtesy calls or following up on all on our guest requests or how do we approach that level of service. And you will get that at some hotels, but it's not across the board. And if you even talk to any management company, ask them what their service culture is. Do they have an outline of their service culture? They don't. It's unfortunate that we don't, the brands itself, yes, they have service culture. They have to do it to stay on top of these hotels, but the hotels don't preach it, but the brands push it to be preached, but individual entities itself are not preaching that. And that's where we falter, where it's the other way around, where the individual entities preach it is like, okay, if for instance, I'll give you an example. And this this is something that has happened. Um, and I, I actually was on an internship at this point. Is in Dubai, we had a guest where we only had three cribs at, at that hotel. And we ran out of three cribs. They put a request in for a crib that they were supposed to get a crib. Now, for example there, the person went out to a local store and bought a crib, expensed it, and then the guest got the crib. Now, that same example here would be like, okay, unfortunately, we don't have the crib. Um, 
you know, we'll see what, what can happen, what we can do. Let me call my GM, you know, figure out what we can do. Oh, we don't, we can't get the crib. We don't have any more cribs. It's a simple resolution as to go get the crib, expense the crib. What does it cost you? A hundred dollars? Are you going to need that crib again? Yeah, you'll, you'll probably need it again sometime. You know, yeah. Are you going to be brand compliant? Are you worrying about being brand compliant or are you worrying about to make sure the guest is taken care of? I don't think the brand is going to knock you down for not having a brand compliant crib at that point. So I, I think that's where we falter is we don't come up with the quick resolution. The quick resolution, quick thinking that to make the guest happy is to give them a quick answer. That's it's 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 so telling what you're saying because I I'm thinking about this interaction right here. And I, I feel like I've lived it so many times in watching, you know, teams at, at hotels. I feel like I've lived it as a guest before as well, which is uh, you know, the verbiage that we all love to use. Um, I don't, I'm sure you don't, but in general, uh, unfortunately cribs are based upon request um, and those requests are not guaranteed. So, oh yeah, you know, yeah. that request that you that you put in is is not is you're you're it's just a request. It doesn't matter. We don't care. Is essentially what they're saying. And and I agree with you. You know, I think it's also, you know, we have a very uh, we have a culture of like individualism that can be damaging at times um, because you know. People, I think in the U.S., somebody might say, like, if you use the example used about the water bottle and grabbing that from somebody out of the sundry shop, somebody might say, that's demeaning. I'm not somebody's servant. You know, I'm, I, I'm not going to do that because why can't they get it themselves? And I, and I think it's just a difference in, in, in an attitude. We have a culture of individualism, which it, if you do anything to make yourself seem like you're below somebody, then then it's 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 a negative thing. Um, I personally would disagree with that. You know, I think that just like Gandhi said, you know, you can lose yourself in the service of others. I, I would see nothing wrong with, with, with providing that level of service to somebody. Um, but I think, you know, with that culture of individualism, plus the thick hierarchies that exist in hotels and management companies that make that quick decision impossible to make at times. And, you know, being for you being a part of that hierarchy as well, I'm sure you've seen how that can, you know, maybe yes. isn't always the best. And and that's where, you know, everything that I've preached for God knows how many years now um, is going to come to life, you know, and now we're going to be able to put it into the plan. And that's why we've got so many people interested is to give them the level of service, give them the, the level of probably the gratitude that the guest deserves and know the guest. You know, we're just not, now it's just not, and it goes back to that hand service topic. Our only hand service to the guest currently is like, okay, do you have a driver's license? Do you have a credit card? And that's basically our hand service, you know? And at that point, we're not teaching our agents on how to handle things with our guests. You know, we're, we're just not teaching them the right way as to, okay, welcome to XYZ hotel. You know, how was your day? 
I, I mean, just the basics. I think the basics we faltered with because we are so keen to make sure, oh, yeah, let's just fill this position because we need somebody to check in our guest. We need somebody to clean our room. We need somebody to be there for the breakfast in the morning. And, and we forget to teach them the world of hospitality. And I think that's where a lot of the things have happened. And for the last 10 years, everybody's emphasis has been on revenue. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, obviously, we have our own revenue management software. And we built it based on what we see and what it can do. But revenue only comes when your scores are great. People are we're in the world of social media. Reviews matter. The reviews matter to the owners. Reviews matter to the brands. Reviews matter to the GM and the employees. So if the reviews matter, why aren't we being more focused on how to train our staff, how to operate as a hotel? And that's where a lot of those things don't get done currently. So let's... Um, you know, for, for those listening who may not be, you know, privy to what goes on in the C-suite of, of these traditional hotel management companies, at least, you know, historically, like you said, it's been a very much bottom line revenue focused, uh, type of culture that, that we've had in this industry. So you having been a part of it, for, for so long, you know, right? Why don't you tell us a little bit about what it what your experience has been like uh, with these other guys, with these traditional management companies that haven't changed in decades? Tell us a little bit about your experience there, and, and then we can use that to maybe segue into your new adventure here. Well, I, I think what has happened is pre-COVID, everybody was keen to the way operations were. Um, they were like, okay, we're making great revenue. You know, why change anything? We don't need to do anything. The guests will still come. Um, the revenue's there. Yes, because you know what? There was, there was consumer confidence. And consumer confidence drove a lot of guests with hotels. Airbnb was still, still coming alive. Um, and then COVID happened where operations had to be kind of worked into all different phases. GMs were doing five shifts a week at the front desk. Yeah. Owners were pretty much telling them, cut our payroll down. We can't afford it. We're not making money. And at that point, housekeeping was doing 25 rooms compared to 15 rooms. So in, in all those phases that we were putting a larger workload because now revenue wasn't coming in. And with that larger workload, you're getting dissatisfied employees. And now that equals to higher employee turnover. And now employees are like, okay, I don't need to work here because of the fact that I'm not getting justified on my pay to what I'm doing. Because I was doing X, Y, Z before, and now I'm doing A to Z. So why am I even going to do this? So, and in a yeah. lot of cases with a pay cut as well, right? In a lot of places, yeah. slash people's pay. So A to Z with less money than, than you started with. Right. And, and I think it goes back to 
what I can, what I look at a banking model, right? At banks, tailors don't get paid enough. At hotels, front desk agent and housekeeping, and obviously other other departments don't get paid as well for their level of service. Now that doesn't mean that you know what we got to pay more to get better help. No, it just means that you need to look outside the realm. Don't just look for employees that have only worked in hospitality. That drive-through window person at McDonald's can be your next superstar at the front desk. But that only happens with good onboarding. And the onboarding, as I was saying before, what we consider our onboarding and the HR departments that consider the onboarding is... Let me see your social security card. Let me see your driver's license. You've been onboarding. You're good to go. You start tomorrow. You right. know? And this is like uniform essentially across the industry right now or yes. and, and has been for who knows how long. Right. And, and the proper way of onboarding somebody is to make sure we go to the A to Z model of it, right? We go 20 years ago, 15 years ago is making sure what the department structure is, what the responsibilities are, you know, following through after a week, how you're doing, is there any questions, you know, watching what the brand means. If you ask somebody that has even worked in a hotel, and this is a true story, okay? If you asked employees of the hotel, you sit them down for a day of, just onboarding about the brand. And that's what I mean, onboarding about the brand. What does the brand stand for? You know, what is the brand about? Uh, a hotel, the IEG property I was at, I'm not going to disclose it because this is obviously my years. Uh, <laughs> we had, I set up, I was actually, I was setting up with meeting with the regionals and I was like, you know what, we're struggling with the scores. We need to do something. Oh, should we, should we, uh, should we kind of go in with some disciplinary action? I'm like, no, that's not the way we look at it. So let's set up a day where it's, well, we put up a projector, pull up the whole brand videos, take them from the brand sites, pull up the brand videos and let the staff know about brands. And I was actually, I was like, I want to be there. So I was there. I think the first question in that presentation was, uh, what does IG stand for? And the entire staff said in-house guest. <laughs> so I what? <laughs> yeah. So oh. I mean this is this is kind oh, of man. This is kind of where we are as an industry. And I can guarantee you you will have that same result at most of those hotels. No one will be able to tell you what Hilton means. No one will be able to tell you what Marriott means. And no one will be able to tell you what IG, Choice, Wyndham. You go down the line. They don't know the brand identity. If, if an employee doesn't understand brand identity, then what are they working towards? What are they working for? And that goes, and I look at Chick-fil-A for a reason. Chick-fil-A does very well. They're very service oriented. They preach on service and it's clockwork. You go through that drive-through of a Chick-fil-A, you will know that you're at a Chick-fil-A. You will not get that level of service at any other fast food chain. 
because the way they operate, they preach it. And we don't preach it. And we are going to get back to that level. And that's what EV Hotel Group is about. We preach. That's the everything. irony. It, that's the irony of it, man. You go to a, a fast food restaurant and you're in a drive through and you're getting better service at than at these hotels where it's supposed to be a magical world that an escape from reality essentially um and and just you know a, a, another point here too i in in my opinion and maybe you'd agree or disagree i i feel like when we're talking about this onboarding and you know we have directors of human resources that are are you know just peddling people's social security and and, and inputting data into their hr portal but they're not being creative. Like a director of HR is a highly skilled position yes. uh, where, where, you know, they, they specialize in the psychology of onboarding and making it a pleasant experience and how that initial onboarding is uh, a ripple effect to their, you know, how long they stay with, with your company and, and how engaged they are. So the director of HR, they've got their wings clipped and they're they're doing this basic kind of transactional onboarding and then they're sending them to the director of housekeeping or the front office manager who has absolutely no idea how to onboard somebody not to downplay yeah. the operations department heads but they don't know what the director of hr knows and they get sent to those department heads uh while they're simultaneously trying to run the hotel and expect them to to get a proper onboarding I've shown up for my first day before where it, where the department head looks like a deer in the headlights when I walk through the door because they forgot I was starting that day because they have so much other stuff. Yes, going. yes. It and sucks. Very, <laughs> yeah. It's it very true. And I've seen tremendous amount of director of HRs, HR directors. I mean, you know, name it. Whichever person's in HR they don't create the proper onboarding tools. You know, there's no onboarding tool, put them through ADP, put them through paychecks, and they're good to go. Let the hotel worry about it. But I don't believe in that model. I mean, the hotel shouldn't create the onboarding procedures. The onboarding procedures needs to come from a corporate level. And the corporate level has to put emphasis on it. And without emphasis on that, and that's why we have tech companies that do really well, like Google, IBM, uh, Microsoft, because they have these onboarding tools. Microsoft has created an abundance of different software. They've actually made Office 365 an onboarding tool where they said, use Office 365, upload your documents to SharePoint. You know, they've got a to-do that used to be called Wanderlist before. Now it's called Microsoft To-Do. And that outlines all the tasks. They had another software. I, I mean, there's all, all sorts of softwares out there. And why we go, and I've said this before, and doing all these podcasts, EV Hotel Group is a technology-based solution offering based on AI artificial intelligence and we lack in hospitality with technology not to name a brand out there but you know the brand out there is still operating their pms on a dos system 
if you know, and, you know. We don't need to say names, but if you yeah. know, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that that shouldn't happen. That that shouldn't happen. We we are an international industry that is one of the largest industries out there. And why aren't we analytic to the fact that you have somebody like Airbnb's just kind of taken over where their valuation is larger than the top three brands in the world with IG, Hilton, and Marriott. They took something where it was analytic. They, they were able to listen to their guests and they were able to say, okay, this is what the guest wants and we're going to deliver on that. This is what each of the guests are asking for. We're going to deliver on that. And they went really tech heavy. So we're not tech heavy. We're, we're still asking, I mean, how many years has it been? And you go back to the airline industry now here. The airlines, you're able to check into your flight 24 hours prior to you arriving. You don't need to go to a check-in counter. You can print your boarding pass from your phone. You can present your boarding pass. It took us how many years to get to a digital key? And then we're still not at self-check-in. We're not at pre-check-in. I, I mean, it's still we're we're lacking those things. And I actually should. got chills when you when you said you know we're in international industry. Like it, it, it just to, when you when you really zoom out and you think about it like that, it's mind blowing. And yeah. and as a global industry, up until truly, I mean, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but really up until EV Hotel Group nobody's considered any alternatives no you know we we're, we're reinventing the world <laughs> that's basically what and and we it goes back to making human life better right and it's not that we're we're not ev hotel group put robots in a hotel and let it operate no we're ev hotel group drive technology make human life better better time management, better guest interaction, you know, not have employees worrying about, okay, I got to do my shift report. I got a GM sending invoices to the corporate office, you know, worrying about let me enter data into a certain software so I can get better numbers or not get better numbers, but get the correct numbers. And, and we just don't have that software integration. We, we need to have that software integration where it needs to be everything delivered on a technology-based solution where it's. Yeah. So for, to, to kind of sum it up, right. So what, what you and what EV are doing right now is basically taking the clerical work out of hotels. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, we, we pretty much are taking human errors. We're, we're taking human errors out. Um, we're also providing less operational cost and maximizing the GOP. And the only way... Is that through labor? Is that Are you doing that yeah. through labor? Okay. Yes, to the labor standpoint. Um, and then the only way to do that is to work efficiently. And we can only work efficiently. And it's... And it's going back to this is that not everybody has a laptop and not everybody has a PC, but everybody has a cell phone. 
we do everything on our cell phone. You know, every single thing that we do, we Google it or we find a way to get it done, right? So technology is a big part. Um, it drives a lot of different things in it. And the guest needs to understand that we know everything about them. So if, for instance, if 90% of your guests like your check-in efficiency to be within five minutes or three minutes, we need to know that. So we need to make sure speed is the game. And we don't know that right now because we don't have technology in hospitality. <laughs> well, uh, so what what do you say? Because like the, there's people who are going to who are going to say the naysayers, right? Who are going to say uh, technology has no place in hospitality because, you know, hospitality is, is about connecting with humans. It's, 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 it's cannot be replicated. Right. And I know you said you're not bringing robots into hotels, but I think there's a level of fear that some people have when you hear this kind of rhetoric, because, you know, when we juxtapose, uh, juxtapose the the DOS-based PMS system that everybody's used to, and then you hear somebody say, we're bringing AI into hotels, that's like, whoa, kind of, you know, might be a radical thought to a lot of people. So yeah, what do you yeah. do to the naysayers who would, who would say hospitality has, has, or technology has no place in hospitality? Well, think about this, right? I'm not inventing AI in hospitality. AI has been in hospitality. AI is on booking agents. AI is in your computer. AI is in your PMS. AI is basically everywhere. It's already there. As when we look at it, AI is already delivered on guest scores. When they fill out the survey, they're giving you data and analytic. We're not driving around it. We're, we're just looking at that data that's in front of us and we're like, oh, this is great. But how do we drive around it? Like, we don't know that the guest itself likes pizza. We don't know the guest itself likes a certain thing. That That's what we need to focus on is the AI version of it, where it's like, okay, do our guests like to be at a certain standpoint? This is when they want to check out. Does 80% of your guests check out at 9 a.m.? So why do we open or why do we have our checkout time till 11 a.m.? So now it cuts down that two hours that we can efficiently get housekeeping to clean those rooms and save two hours of labor. So, so, right. so, so you, you're actually it's, – it's almost like you're kind of taking this data, right? And, and this is coming from, I would imagine – your PMS system, right? So you're kind of seeing, okay, when does that room actually physically get checked out in, in yeah. the PMS and you're actually aggregating it and, and reporting it? Yes, the- correct. And, and, so, it, and it sounds like something that we should have been doing years time ago. ago. It, it yeah, doesn't long, sound long, like, you know, it, obviously what long. you're doing is revolutionary, right? But it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like common yeah. sense. But as, as you heard, and I, I think you listened to the previous podcast on No Vacancy, right. and Anthony, Anthony said it best, is like, this is the best time to create our company because everybody's mindset pre-COVID was like, 
oh, you know what? Everything's working fine. We don't need to worry about anything. Now, during COVID, everybody's mindset has been, we're open to change. We're open to listening. Now, because their GOP numbers go down, their expenses, yes, people's expenses went down, but it's not going to be like that. They're going to, their expenses will go back up and they will see that their expenses will go back up. Now they are more keen to listening because of the fact that they know what their expenses were before and what they were able to operate during COVID with, right? And, and it goes with AI, how it works. There's actually an a international report out there uh, that we have. We can't, we can't disclose from who, but we're going to be putting it on our website. The website's actually being worked on right now. Um, and I'll go a little bit into the website, but 86% of hotels that use AI have less operating costs. And this comes from a prominent, prominent source. 86% of people. And it, and it goes back to why we have certain softwares. And, you know, I said it before we were recording, the one software that uses data is they use that data. Hotels are using that data. But are the hotels really using that data? It, it doesn't have all the data. It's only got the data that they think people will use. With us, we're going to have all the data. We're going to have what your NPR is, what your laundry per minute room is, what uh, your front desk hours will be, what your guest pickup per hour is. So we have our software, our RM software, will has an integration, 10-minute integration, for example, Opera. It'll take the feed from Opera into our software in 10 minutes, and off that integration, it will give you an hourly pickup. So your window, you'll know your 4 p.m. window is when you have the most, um, most pickups. So why are you at the rate of $99 for 24 hours? So you're maximizing rate. So like a yield management. Uh, yes. On and a that's more, what, much that's what more specific. Much yeah, more specific. And, and that's where Anthony was going off on the ski resort, where he was talking about there was a different hourly pricing on the ski resort. So, and, and that's just an example. Obviously, that software has got a virtual assistant. So if you've never, never done revenue management or you don't even know what revenue management is, the virtual assistant guides you through every process. So, and, and that goes off, we have brands and I don't wanna say anything bad about the brands revenue management, but do you think the brand itself that you pay for the service per month, whatever the dollar amount there is, you have one call a week, they are only guiding you based on that one call, one hour, once a week. It's not giving you the whole forecast for the entire week. And I call revenue management a great revenue manager or a great revenue management tool only gets utilized if you consider yourself to be a revenue trader. It's like the stock market. You will only play with the stock market if you're good at day trading. Because once you know that stocks hit the candlestick, 
or it's bad to hit a candlestick. And what a candlestick is, is a straight green up. And you're going to go ahead and buy that stock. Now, if we know our pickup window at 4 p.m. is getting in 20 reservations. So for the 23 hours, we're going to be at $99. For that 4 p.m. window, we're going to be at 119 at that point. Now, is your corporate revenue manager going to have that data? No, they're not. Because all they're doing is looking at the market share and they're looking at where everything is as in one. So well, and like, even even the new stuff that's come out, um, I think in it was 2019 or even I think maybe even 2020, uh, Hilton came out with Grow Global Revenue Optimization, and yeah. I I did the training for it. I I used it, but I don't think that there was anywhere near specific uh, no data that what you're describing here to where you're going to be. Your your rates will almost changing by the minute, even if if needed. Yeah, by the minute. If you choose to, if you choose to, you can change it by the minute. You can change it. Hourly is the best format, and and it's only one example of what we're doing. I mean, we have another software that's it is a partnership where we would take the phasing out, as in how management companies and even corporate companies have regionals that go to the hotel and they're like, let me inspect five rooms. Let me do this. Let me do that. Let me check the breakfast. Do you have this right? You know, and yet you might not be able to talk to the staff and interact with the staff, but we're in a virtual phase, right? So this software will put up a 50 page report based on 400 different questions and outline the entire hotel. Like it'll basically Say that is your breakfast cooler at this temperature? Um, how was the breakfast presentation? Inspecting 10 rooms with it's bigger than a QA would happen. So each room would have almost like 20, 30 questions attached to it. So something in that analytic portion of it, then it would print out a score. It would give a score with about 100, 200 pictures. So it, it's almost in a way that we take out that one phase that we don't need to have that one position. And now this makes our GM operate in a better way with them thinking, okay, I have somebody coming to my hotel and I can't do my job or they're overlooking me and whatever that might be there, right? But that's just a small phase of it. It does a lot more than that, but it's not only the interior portion. Now you've got an exterior portion. Now they can have still a regional if they want it. Do you want to pay for that? Now, do you really need to pay for that? It, it's almost, it goes in all different phases, right? It's where it's going to drive it in a different way. And now not only that, and I don't want to concentrate more on a regional role, but now we're setting you up for passing your QA. And we're setting you up to know that your hotel wasn't doing well in housekeeping, wasn't doing well in breakfast or front desk before the scores come out. So you have not 90 days to correct it because by the time the ownership gets a guest relations fee or failing a department, that's the only time it gets corrected. 
we're going to have it corrected less than 30 days because we're going to have reporting analytic data on it. Well, and how many times have you been at a hotel in an operations role or, or even overseeing your hotels and and you you get the, the email, right? QA is going to be here in two days or whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, oh, the director of housekeeping was off that day. You got to boom, they're, you're coming in. We're calling people up, make sure. I, I was one hotel, I, I showed up in the morning, QA was there and they handed me a thing of whiteout and they said, go up and go over the grout on the showers with this yeah. whiteout. Because, and and, and that was the kind of level of hysteria that occurred when QA was coming. And this was like, Oh, QA's here. Go into the binders and, and forge your signature on all these, uh, you know, and the bright-hearted binder, whatever the hell it was. So it's yep. just hysteria every single time. It's like, it's it's almost like you're gonna take the stress out of QA for these hotels. Yeah. So and and that's it's perfectly said. Um, and one of the questions on that software alone is is a grout clean. <laughs> you know so oh so no whiteout needed then no, no. we don't need that okay we <laughs> we've covered everything trust me that's why there's 400 questions um we covered all the phases and that's where we make guarantees where we can make guarantees because we've covered everything we've had test hotels um and we're very i would say we're very convinced on what we can do based on what we have, uh, providing the leaderships that we have. So those items itself, we know what we're capable of doing and how we would be able to drive it. We know that other companies don't have what we have because their emphasis isn't on a full boat management. Their emphasis is on let's get as many hotels Let's get our management fee and we're happy with it. You know, we'll hire right. a GM. We'll put a GM in there, you know, and let them rock and roll and pay the GM whatever X dollar amount. But at that point, there's no support structure. They don't have a certain way to operate. And they don't have like, okay, how do we handle when the scores are going down? They're like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. But the ownership is happy because the revenue is up. They're really not caring about the scores are up. And then they want to tackle with the brand that, oh, yeah, we're not paying you this fee. Where we're like, we won't even need to get to that fee. We're, we're so analytic that we'll make sure you're not getting to that fee. You're going to know everything ahead instead of looking backwards. So that's how a couple, we Yeah, a, a couple things there. Um so I, I thought I, I heard you mention on maybe it was David's show or, or another one that did, were all of the, the hotels with EV, are they going to be owned by EV as well? Like, I'm just wondering, are you going to be, do owners no, hire you like a traditional management company in that sense, or, or are you owning all the properties? How, how would that work? We No, we're actually, we're doing both. We're third-party okay. management um, and we're going to have our own assets. Uh, third-party management, we've we've had hotels reach out. We have our own formula, and that kind of takes me to my next segment, is our website is going to be very unique. It's going to have a something called an EV calculator. 
that hotels can go into, if it fits into the model, um, we would go ahead and manage it. So not every hotel we would manage. Um, and we don't separate ourselves, whether it's a five-star or one-star. We have the tools to operate a full service. We have the tools to operate a limited service upper mid-scale. We have the tools to operate an economy brand. And depending on which brand it is, depending on which segment it is, that's which technology would be used. So we have all different ways of operating it. Our website's going to be very analytically driven, very tech heavy um, with our partnerships, with people wanting to do certain things. There's one segment that we have uh, currently that we're working on is more on the supply chain side. So we have a lot of the things that are panned out where there were question marks out there. Those question marks will be answered with us where there it's gonna, and that's what it comes down to. It makes human life better. It makes the guest interaction better. It makes the employee engagement better. So it develops a lot of the things that the hotels did not have before because there were just these question marks, right? As to, okay, we need a front desk agent. How do we get a front desk agent? Now, are you just putting the ad up on Indeed and it's, you find the next best candidate and you hire them? No, we have a solution to that. So there's a solution to that problem too. So we, we put up all the problems and then we created all the solutions to it. Um, and that's how we were able to come up with different things. And that, that goes on our relationships internationally and domestically as we looked at a lot of hotels. I mean, we looked at tremendous amount of hotels internationally to see how they operate uh, to a lot of hotels that operate here currently. I mean, there's about five hotels in the United States that use the artificial intelligent piece. There's, um, I'll give you an example of an international hotel, so Clarion in Stockholm. Uh, that uses the international piece. Um, I think the Wynn Hotel in Vegas that uses the AI portion of it as well. So it's not like it's just being introduced. The problem is everyone thinks using AI is not affordable. We're making it affordable. So we're bringing the affordability into it where it doesn't cost you anymore. Well, and it's, it's, it's just like, it sounds like it's just a package deal, right? Like if you're an owner and you choose your management company as EV, yeah, like you're, it's, it's a package you know, deal, right? Like you could choose Theraldson hospitality management for the same price, right? Versus yeah. EV and still have that package deal. So it's, it's almost a, a no brainer with no brainer it's, with, it's with no the, with the data you're suggesting. And, and it's a no-brainer as Glenn on uh, No Vacancy earlier was asking, uh, you know, what what would it take for us to use EV? Or I forgot the exact question that he asked. And, or what would entice us to eat, uh, use EV, I think it was in that line. And I said, we're gonna show you numbers. We're gonna show you numbers. We'll even give you a free trial to show you numbers. Because all we do is we come in, put put the thing to work, and it will work. It, it will work. We will drive. The normal thing here, there's two big top-line expense numbers, right, in hotels. 
And the number one is payroll, right? How do you minimize payroll cost? I can't give our secret away, but we will be at no more than 17% of a payroll percentage. Where out a detriment to service. Yes. Yes. And it will the normal industry standard says 18 to 20%. But there's a big but. The hotels that are out there are all operating over 20%. And the industry tells you 18 to 20%. We're telling you we'll get it at 17%. Because we have the technology to drive that. We have the onboarding that is needed to drive that. We have other things that will drive that. We have the employee engagement that will drive that. We have the service culture that will drive that. So it, and it, and it comes, it has to all come in one, you know, the revenue management aspect of it to know what the guest wants to make sure we find the best staff and indeed is great. I'm never going to knock indeed. Indeed you find the best candidates out there for indeed, but you're also looking at a larger pool of people. How do you separate that larger pool of people? Are you just, you're basically looking at a resume and you're basically calling people in for an interview. Now, how much time, how much time is that? That's a large amount of time, right? An insane amount of time. Right. So do you pay somebody and, and I'll just, one of the things I'll go out there, uh, probably throw out there, I should say, is you pay a $10 employee, you pay a $12 employee, and you pay a $14 employee. Now, does that mean you paid that $14 employee, you're going to get the best results from that $14 compared to $10? No. It's not given, but you paid that $14 based on experience, but you could have got that same level of service at the $10 because that employee at the $10 was maybe working the drive-through at Chick-fil-A, working the drive-through at McDonald's or being a server at IHOP compared to that $14 was working at an upper mid-scale brand that knew the PMS system. But that $14 is not going to get you the same service that the $10 might have got you. But you only paid, you paid $14. And it could happen vice versa. And vice versa, but now you're paying turnover. That $14 might not have worked out for you, but they worked there a month. Now you got to rehire. And now, so... Do you have to take your time and find somebody? We have that avenue. We have that avenue where we've created a partnership there that everything would be screened prior and you will have a good employee. So that way your turnover cost will come down drastically. Right. So it's like a multi-pronged thing. It's like your turnover cost is going to go down you're perhaps depending on your, your market and your situation, but for a lot of folks, your uh, hourly rate for employees will be optimal for what you yes. can, for what you can get. And right. your labor management is going to be 
automated. So you're putting the most highly engaged labor on in the right places at the right times, right. not at the detriment of service. Yeah. And, and it will only drive service. You know, if the front desk has the tools to drive service, it can drive service. If it has certain things that can make it happen, then it will be able to drive service. If they don't have the tools and resources, then it won't be able to deliver on service. So that's kind of where things are with that, you know? And I feel there's, and and it goes back to, um, it's a minimal cost to hotels. The minimal cost to deliver service, service is free. But how do we deliver an extra service that's a minimal cost? And that's what we have. We have those ideas. We have those things that will deliver that promise and deliver that service. Um, Where the guests do have certain things where they might not see at other hotels. So that's what the guest, guest focus right now has to be to what the guest wants, right? When we go to, you go to Mexico and you go to Cancun, you see that service. When you go to Cancun, it feels like you're still in America because of the resort style they have, but they have a different level of service. You know, and it comes down to, I mean, a typical thing at a hotel right now is they only use maybe two to four different verbiages when they check in a guest. We need to expand that verbiage. We need to make sure people are following through, they're following through with their protocol. But the only way to do that is to have an audit system, right? There has to be a consistency. And I think we lack in consistency. We do, absolutely, we do. You know, there's there's no consistent level of service. And that's where the focus needs to happen. Um, We have a lot of people that tend to think that there is a service, there's a culture, and they focus on, okay, there's, we're able to retain our employees. But that's great. We can retain our employees, but our service still isn't there because we can't have 10 hotels, have great scores, and then the other 10 ones don't have great scores. That means we're failing at our service culture because it's not being preached. Right. You're retaining your employees, but if your employees aren't giving good service, yeah, it's almost a failure that you're retaining those employees. Exactly. You should so, be proud of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that. I've, I've myself seen it. And, you know, it, it's just not knocking anybody down, but that's kind of the philosophies don't work. And for us to listen to, and I look at it this way, right? We have a survey system. Now we have a survey system. Doesn't each hotel have its own survey system? They don't. So the survey system that we have from the brands doesn't guarantee a voice from every single guest. It's a random system. It designed not to guarantee a voice yeah. from every single guest. Right. And to the fact that, so when when a hotel score is at 80%, is it really at 80%? Or 
or is it 80% based on the guests that did the survey? So your hotel really could be at 60%. You don't know that because it's only randomized. So now we need to look at, and we have something that creates a voice from every single guest. So, and that's where we're focused on is we want, we want not one guest. And that's what I said before, we want to knock it out of the park and we want all avenues of the guest. You know, we want to know every single guest of the hotel, what their thought process are and what their expectations are and how did their stay go. You know, I almost feel like you could take this and start your own brand rather than franchising. Like it's, it's, it's a powerful enough thing and and the way that it sounds like you've you've thought through it all with your with your partners that it could maybe actually destroy some of the major brands out there over time in application of doing this well and this level of of engaged ai and and this the power that you have with this it's almost (laughs) not fair to you guys to, to be, um, depending on how you look at it, but almost like you're, you're wasting it by building up somebody else's brand. Why not take it and start your own hotel brand where this is your, your standard across the board. I know that's obviously like talk about one huge undertaking plus adding on another huge undertaking, but still just a thought that came to my mind. I think, I, I think that's, that sort of, um, you know, application could could really do well to to quickly elevate a new brand into the marketplace it could and and that's i and i was telling you uh previously that we're in conversations for a merger um we don't know where it's gonna go but obviously there's a lot of interest right now there's just interest across the board people not even being in this industry have the interest um, people have told us they love the idea. They they want more. And, and we've, for years, we're missing the boat in this industry. And I go back to it. It's everything is so tech driven. Everything is tech driven. I mean, you got self-driving cars coming out. So to that aspect of things, if you don't need to drive your car, why do you need to send an invoice? You know, um, why, why do you need to enter numbers into a software of what revenue you made last night? That puts us years behind. It's, it's putting us years behind. And the guests are seeing that, that they physically have to come there and give you their credit card, you know, and give you their ID. When you could go buy on Amazon and put your credit card in, without providing an ID or you can provide your ID somewhere else or anything of that sort. And our agents are not able to know certain things because they're spending too much time with looking at everything else for a guest. We could have simple interactions and one of the tools could be a and I don't want to go too much into it, but, you know, something that we have, it's called a pre-check-in. 
that will take out a lot of the things that would happen at an arrival stage. So our pre-check-in would kind of take out a lot of the things at the arrival stage, and it'll be more of a click and go. And it fast paces the check-in process. So, you know, this it's, it's a lot. We have a lot. So we, we have tons of things. Um, and that's why we're, we have people that are engaged. We have people that are very engaged. Um, I'm sure we're going to have the brains reaching out to us pretty soon. So, but I think it's only a matter of time. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen as to what we have currently in place and what we're trying to do and how we're going to fast pace it. We're, we're going to be very efficient. Um, you know, and I have no reason at all. I, I obviously as the founder and president CEO, and I have no reason at all to do anything with our company, whether it would be selling it or anything of that sort, because this thing that we're doing um, is going to rejuvenate the industry and it's going to rejuvenate and make human life better. It's going to take away from whether it's our front desk agents, whether it's housekeeping, whether it's maintenance, whether it's any department, it's going to make their life better. It's going to kind of make them happy coming to work. It's going to be like that Justin Timberlake video that he made with the people in the diner. <laughs> I had to check that one out. Yeah. But, so, but you know, that's good. It's, 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 it's time because we see the destruction in the industry right now in terms of morale. We see the destruction in terms of debt service. We see the destruction in, 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 in terms of really every single aspect of the hotel industry. And it, it would have taken, you know, a, a gargantuan effort to mend some of those wounds. And I really do believe, I, I, I think I, I, I agree with you that, you know, making the lives of the people who work with you a little bit easier is going to go a long way because right now, like you said, you know, people don't want to come back to work. They know what their friends down the street at the other hotel are going through the ones who are still employed and they don't want any part of that. You know, it's, it's tough and, and you're seeing highly talented and engaged people leaving because they don't see any hope or any light at the end of the tunnel. And I hope that, you know, this, uh, you know, the, the case study almost that you have right now can be deployed quickly and, and the, the proof of concept spread to everyone in every level so they can see that and hopefully restore some faith in, in the hotel industry. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, that's kind of where, you know, my team, um, they all have full faith, whether it's our VP of acquisitions, our chief revenue officer that he's worked with, Arbor Lodging and Highgate, big companies, you know, and then our VP of communications, our advisory board that we have people that have been Hilton Corporate and other big brands. I mean, we have a lot of people that believe in the concept. And I mean, there's other people that believe in the concept. We have chairmen, chairwomen, all these people from East Coast, West Coast, international. I, it's, it's the thing that we were missing in this industry for a very long time. And I said it on the No Vacancy podcast. I've said it on all the podcasts. 
that this plan's been in place for two years. The thing is to get the people on board, it took COVID and I'm sad to say that it took COVID, but fortunately it took COVID to get all these players on board with it. Um, and because that's where everything opened up. That's where the operational habits came into place. That's where it's like, okay, this isn't working. This isn't working. And we have to implement something else to make it work. We have guests that were upset about certain things because they felt like this wasn't clean, that wasn't clean. Why is there no breakfast? You know, front desk agents kind of leaving the keys on the desk, walking out, housekeeping is like too many rooms to do. GM's doing five shifts a week. All those things, it, it was a ticking time bomb for the industry. And eventually it was going to happen. The run of like 12 years of the ADR at enormous levels, we're not going to see that for years. You know, we're going to see occupancy going up, but that means the labor costs are going to go up. So now you have to control labor. Now, guest insights are going to be very detailed now. The guest insight portion of it is there's certain guests that are going to want something, right? Right now, every time you make a special request and you make it through the brand site or you make it through Expedia or any of those other channels, by the time it lands to the hotel, the hotel doesn't even see it. The hotel has no idea. They don't even see it. The front desk agent's not even looking at the PMS for the special request. And it, that also goes on onboarding. But we need to have something that we reach out to the guest prior to that. And we have that. So we have these tools. We have these resources. And everything has been carefully thought through. And, and I said, it's a two years in the making. Um, the last three to four months is obviously when everything came together is because I put my plan all in one, all together, and kind of with the two years in making, put it all kind of all together in a way that we were able to get it created. And I mean, we just opened our offices on Christmas. So nice. I mean, what a, congratulations on that. Thank you. So, I mean, we're about what? Less than two weeks, you know, so less than two weeks, our website's still being worked on. And I mean, we've got almost 150 followers in LinkedIn. We might VP of communication said in 24 hours, we had like 100 followers. So uh, people know the idea. They understand the idea, but we're not a robotic idea. That's what I kind of want to stress is this is not about you know, we're trying to replace humans with robots. This is not George Jetsons and the Jetsons, you know? So this is not that concept. The concept is autonomous revenue management, autonomous back office operations to make human life better. And that's more driven on technology-based solutions with AI involved in it. So, and that's, that's what we're delivering. on. Well, and, and, I I think, you know, I'm I'm convinced now that this type of implementation will do more to perpetuate hospitality than not because you know, it, again kind of like you mentioned before as hoteliers, 
we've been doing what we want to do for so long and not, not listening to the guests so much. And I think being able to listen, aggregate, quantify and execute easily uh, is going to perpetuate that hospitality um, maybe even to heights that nobody has ever seen before. And that's yes. an exciting thing to think about. Yeah. And that's what our goal is. Our goal is to show that our service culture and what we can have hotels land with scores. Um, and this comes from my years. I mean, I took a hotel and it was, it was actually, um, I forgot which brand. It was an IHE brand actually. So, and a Hilton brand, both of them, that we had an entire month of a perfect score. But the previous month, that hotel had a 60, one had a 60, another had a 70. And the following month, we took that hotel to every single survey was above a nine. But that, that seems like a lie. It seems like a lie. I know you're telling yeah. the truth, but it seems like a lie. That's how crazy it is. Yes. And, you know, that was without AI. That was without any technology. And that was just simple service culture and onboarding and brand identity and creating an atmosphere. I, I know everybody says culture, 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 right? But what is culture? Culture is not only like, oh, you got every employee walking into the building very happy they're able to come to work. That's not culture. Culture is about, is every guest happy? Is every employee happy? Are they able to do their work every day? Do they have the right tools? Do they have the right resources? Do they have what they need? Are they missing a vacuum? Are they missing a pencil? Do they have all these things? That's culture. Do they know what they're working toward? Yeah. What the purpose they're, is, right? Right. If they're just coming to work to work, I mean, that's not culture, you know? Um, and are they able to deliver? Are they able to consistently deliver? You know, and if they're upset, is someone listening to them? Do you know they're upset? And then that's the engagement part of it, right? So... And, and we have something in place to make sure that that engagement happens all the time. And that's kind of where we are with it is that everyone will have a voice. Not only management companies deal with the GM directly and that's their only voice for us. Every employee, every guest is going to have a voice and we're going to listen to that voice at all times. Well, that's a, it certainly is a worthwhile, uh, a worthwhile contribution. And it, with that, you know, I, I ask, is there any, uh, anything else you want to say before we wrap up the show today, my friend? Yes. I mean, um, if anyone is interested, you guys can go to evhotelgroup.com um, or you can send us an email, evinfo at evhotelgroup.com. And on our website, you'll find the contact us page. That's where our office location is and phone number. So you can gladly call the office number and they can reach out to any of us uh, if you have any questions. Um, just no walk-ins. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And, and, and for everybody listening, you don't need to remember that. We will put 
the uh, links, contact information, and also, uh, Ken, if it's okay with you, your LinkedIn profile, we'll put that all in the show notes for today's yeah, episode for anybody to, to check out. Um, yeah, that'll, so, that'll just add on to my about, what, 4,000 people. So, you know. Boom. There we go. Yeah. Everybody go connect with Ken on LinkedIn and uh, be sure to keep an eye out for EV Hotel Group here to change the game. Ken, thank you for your contributions to hospitality and thank you so much for sitting down and talking to me. Yes, thank you, Kyle. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Well, shit, man. Sounds like, whew, man, I'm excited for you. I really yeah. I really am. It's, it's going to be, and I, I mean, we've still got some uh, things that we're working on, so it's going to be very different, but I feel that we've got the right things in place. Um, we are going to have some, some people I would probably say that are not going to be too happy with it. Um, probably on a larger scale than anything. So, you know, taking brands, brand wise, I think more say brands, but I mean, the big players are going to probably want to put a little bit more focused on the items as to what they were lacking with. Um, and, you know, I, I think we're not looking that, okay, who's, who likes us or who doesn't like us. That's not our focus. Our focus has always been and always will be is how do we make human life better? Yep. And how do we focus on our guests? How do we focus on our employees and kind of go away from that strategy of like, okay, there's always got to be disciplinary action. There's got to be proper onboarding for you to provide disciplinary action. You can't discipline an employee because they just didn't show up for work. Obviously, there's there's a reason why they didn't show up for work. But, I mean, if there's a consistent pattern, yeah. But analytically, where are you with your onboarding? Where are you with listening to what your guest wants? If your guest is saying that – they didn't get any eggs today or the eggs weren't well done. Now, do you, can you just blame the employee for that? Because at that point, the if the eggs weren't well done or if there weren't eggs there, there's another problem. And that's what we want to focus on. We want that guest insight is that, okay, there's something that's not working. If they don't like those eggs, there's another option. Or if they don't like the way their room is being cleaned, now there needs to be a level of service that we need to provide. And that level of service needs to happen that, okay, the employee itself needs to have the proper tools. The proper tools comes down to, is the vacuum they're using is no good? You know, are there some other things that we can help them that might not cost money? It might cost money or it might not cost money. So it needs to come down. And that's where AI comes in, is that we're able to dissect that information and become very analytic. You know, we're able to go into, we would have an analyst that would dive into the brand scores. And what I mean is like, take one item, bring it down to another item, break that another item into three items. And we'll be able to become more analytic. So their their overall score can be 90, but we'll be able to find out 
was their speed of checking at 60? Why was their speed of checking at 60? So we'll be able to tackle that issue. So that's why. So if it's not at 100, what's bringing it down? Even if it yeah. is at 90, because a lot of times, you know, in the right now, if it's at 90, everybody celebrates and ignores the 10% that's missing. Right, right. So, I mean, I, I, I see it's, it's, it's a pursuit. Would it be going too far to say that it's a pursuit of, of perfection almost for hotels? Almost. I would say, I would say we need to be as close to perfect as possible. Um, doesn't mean we'll get there, sure. but great is good too. I mean, excellent is good. Great is good too. So if we're at 90 in every single category, our expectation is to be at 85 in every single category. That's what our expectation level is. Um, we'll love it to be at 90, but we know there's, there are certain line items that I've gone to and got with our team, with our analysts that said, we need this line item to always be at this score or it's going to bring the top tier items down. And that's where we concentrate on. So how do we make that one line item always at that score is to have certain protocols in place at all times. And those are the basics. Those basics and not every hotel follows those basics. Well, the fundamentals are what's lacking across the board. It is. Like we talked it's, about. It's, it's, it's not for, rocket science. It's really no, not. It's for, it's for example, is you can go hotel to hotel to hotel. Is not every hotel does a departure call. Not every hotel does a courtesy call. Not every hotel follows up with the guests after they've got engineering went into the room. So all of these things are just the fundamentals. It's following through, right? It's to making sure that, okay, are you getting that level of service? Are you doing what's necessary to be done? And they don't because, as I said, I've seen hundreds of management companies. I've seen hundreds of different hotels. And where their guidance isn't for them to follow through. And management companies don't even know if hotels are following through. They're just looking at the score. By the time they see the score is three months later. You know, we're, we're, we're going to be very driven. We're, we're going to know it right away. We're going to have analysts that are going to be looking at these things. So, And I feel like that's – it's – it's it's a almost like a benefit to anybody who's an employee or manager on site at the hotel because I feel like their level of engagement and development will be far greater because with the traditional management companies, especially with these uh, select service and and economy brands, the GMs are sometimes literally no not like next to nothing. You have a front desk agent who essentially became a GM like without any sort of intermediate and it happens all the time. And, and they don't oh, feel yeah. like they're successful. Their regionals are breathing down their neck. They feel like they're failing. It's always a losing battle when they go into work and that sucks. And, and I would tell you, I, I guess knowing that regional role, um, that regional role is a support role, right? But is that regional role going to change your operations 
No, it's just looking at your operations. It's not changing your operations. It's not changing your guest. It's not changing your employees. It's really, oh, regional looks good if your score is 90. Regional looks bad if your score is 60. Regional no. looks bad yeah. if your revenue is below 2 million. Regional looks good if your revenue is over 2 million. It's not. It's, it's driven off data. The hotel is the one who's providing the data. So, I always thought that this that the regional role, honestly, like in my blunt opinion, I always thought the regional role was because in some of the labor markets that these small hotels are in, they can't find good GMs for shit. So they, they are left with no choice but to have some sort of corporate leadership role because their GM from the middle of, uh, you know, rural nebraska isn't cutting it so they needed a gm because that's or they needed a a regional because that was the only thing they could do to have some sort of oversight on that property that's in the middle of nowhere with the right and and i mean you think about this is that the reason why we have front desk managers and guest service managers is because we have employees that call out for one um second our service isn't good so somebody has to answer all the service-related issues, and that has to be your guest service manager. But why are you having service-related issues? There's, if you're having service-related issues and you keep letting it happen, unless they're CapEx items. I mean, if they're CapEx items, you can't control it. But if you're having consistent service issues and you're having breakfast issues, then there needs to be a way to resolve it right there and then. You, you can't wait till you get your monthly scorecard and say, oh, wow, I got a 60 in my breakfast. No, you had a 60 all along. Yeah. yeah. You know? You know, you, you, well, and, and when it comes to these CapEx items, too, I can't help but think, you know, like these, these larger properties in urban markets that are unionized, right, where their labor cost is through the roof, like yeah. out of control. And but you know, and that's, are that's deteriorating because there's no uh, there's no capital improvements because their you know their their labor cost is through the roof, and they can't get rid of the obsolete position because of the unions. So the you know a guest walks into their room and the, a carpet tack goes through their foot. I mean, I've seen it happen. It's 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 insane, and I and, and I and think that implementation like that could help long term. And I would tell you, and this goes back to one of our other software, so everything ties in is what you said, CapEx items, right? So with that that one software, as I was telling you, it's got 500 questions. So it eliminates your issues to know someone else knowing about a problem. Let's say the shower's not working or there's a broken tile. Now we would know way ahead of time that there's a broken tile in that room because nobody wants to be part of whoever's doing that. They're not going to be known that, okay, uh, if the tile's broken in that room, they're going to have to let everybody know that tile's broken. But it also puts the hotel in the situation that, okay, everything always can't be inspected, right? That's why we do PMs. Every room has to be PM'd every quarter. So 
that's why you get that room PM four times a year. And that's what would come in it as well. So now everybody's going to be held accountable. There's a better accountability. When there's a better accountability, there's a better employee engagement. So, and that is what everything ties into one. And that's where we would know. Because sometimes there's a broken tile in the room. Nobody knows about for six months. Um, or someone else will know about it. The only time we'll know about it outside of that is it lands on a survey. And you know what? Even sometimes there's hotels that'll, that won't read the surveys, won't respond, or they yeah. just don't care enough. There are, are, are hotels where the GM or AGM will read the survey and ignore the, the problem that, that, uh, is, that is there. And, and that's and where it we can will... only continue to happen. Yeah, and that's where we, we also will create a better online presence. So all these things tie in. They're all, all the things that are lacking. It, it's, it's just lacking. Um, that's why when I hear bigger hotel management companies, when I hear they're doing well, and I, my biggest question is, what are they doing well? Because the complaints I'm getting, and these are complaints I'm getting from owners, is that they're pissed off with their management company, but they can't get out, you know, because they, they're in a contract. Um, but that's the thing is these management. Are they upset about the, is it like they're the owners that are, that are talking to you? Are they saying they're not earning their, their base fee? Like, do they just not feel like there's any value with the management company right now? Is that like, what's the, what are you hearing? Well, there's no value due to the fact that they might be getting revenue, but especially now they're going to complain more because what they were doing best was giving revenue or getting revenue. Now they're not even getting that. So obviously they're looking at their scores and expense. The management companies don't care about what an owner's expenses. They're just spending it. And we have a way to control that. So, and it, it ties into our whole formula that we didn't miss a beat. There was nothing we left out. So we, we kind of tied it all in. Um, now it's more about, okay, who's going to want to sign on to the deal? You know, and that's kind of where we are with it. Um, we have people that are interested, but then there's people that have their management companies. Uh, right. We have other models that when people bring us deals, they get um, one of our models. So we're, we're doing it a certain way that when people bring us deals, that's where we'll open up some things for that person itself. Do you still need more capital? Yeah. I mean, we're always open to the capital. Um, you know, we're always open to the capital, the more, the better, you know, and we offer equity into the company as well for the capital. So, and there's uh, other people that are raising the capital. So, I mean, we're always up for a capital piece, you know, uh, we have guys that have asked us, you know, to what kind of dollar amount. And we, we tell them, we're like, it doesn't matter to us what dollar amount, the more the merrier for us as to, <laughs> sure. you know, we could care less if it's 5000 or $5 million. We want everybody to be involved in our company and in com some capacity so they could say, you know, we, they have, it's like the stock market, right? 
you feel good when you own one share of Tesla. Now you're an owner. <laughs> right. You know? So, and that's kind of our model is we want you to be an owner of something and you can be owner of EV hotel group at that point. You know, that's, that's pretty cool. I guess, do you guys know, like, how much are you willing to sell out of the company? Cause you're still in the startup phase. Like how much equity are you willing to sell off the bat? Well, right now we have 20% equity that we can put out there. Um, you know, and that's kind of what that's we, kind of like the last chunk that you're willing to let go of is this 20%. Right. Right. That 20% equity equals up to, I think, um, um, a million shares of the okay. company. So that 20% of equity will equal up to probably about a million shares. I would have to get with our lawyers about that, but I think that's about the dollar amount that it's at. But, you know, the valuation right now is um, probably on a smaller scale. So this is kind of the best time. Even companies that do want to sign up, I mean, they're getting crazy, crazy deals uh, from my VP of acquisitions. Um, but I said probably after the first five or 10 hotels, no one's going to get that type of deal, you know? So the deals that they're getting right now, um, (laughs) and I think it's going to be sooner or later. It all depends how much we decide and which hotels we go and sign up with. We've just got some hotels that we're looking at. Some we're talking about acquiring some that, we would have an opt-out clause after one year. So depending on what the owner wants to do, we're not just, you know, we're not trying to handcuff anybody. So we're telling them if you feel that you just want us to come in, fix your operations, fix your hotel and leave, we're good with that. So, okay. Cause you're going to, you're, you're owning your own assets and obviously you'll be owning and managing the hotels using your, your, yeah. Uh, your programs, your, uh, you know, earning third-party management fees. But it, it, say an owner is with Ambridge and they can't get out. Do or could you still do business with them in some capacity? Is we, there any way could. to? Yeah, we could have subscription model maybe where they can subscribe to your technology on a monthly basis or something like that. We we could. We rather not. I mean, we would do more sessions at that point to bring up the levels of service. Um, like almost like rather, in a consulting capacity. Yeah, we would do more consulting. We've got more calls on third party, and we're leaning towards that instead yeah. of acquiring. Um, we feel acquiring. We want to be a different company, and I feel, I feel that management companies out there they're like pretty much just acquiring it calling themselves management companies and running their own hotels you know and we we kind of don't want that window we want that window where like okay we want to make sure that you love our service you know and you hire us we're going to make sure we get your hotel to a top 10 level top 20 level top 25 whatever it is and we don't want to be part of what your end goal is. Your end goal is to have a good NOI, great GOP. You keep that. We just want you to know that we are going to be there to get you there. So, and you can you can stop me if I'm asking too much, but 
because uh, I'm just curious, kind of your your business model. Like, is it are you only asking for base fees, or are you getting incentive fees as well? Um, we would set up a base fee plus an incentive fee if we felt what it, it's almost case by case, right? We yeah. would set it up on a base fee. We do have three different models um, that I could discuss. So we have a fixed base fee. We have a percentage fee. And then we have an expense and revenue percentage fee. Okay. So, and that's basically on what we could do based on your current situation. So based on your that's, current There's options for any owner out there. There's really, and that fixed fee, I don't know of any management company doing a fixed fee. Do you? I yeah. mean, I'm not in the real estate side. No, no. But I don't know. No, they're, they're not. They're not. We would come in as a fixed fee. So it wouldn't matter if your revenue went up or your revenue went down at that point. You know, it, it really does sound like you guys are genu- genuinely leaning into that service provider uh, kind of. Oh, yeah. We, we know really nice. we know what we can do. We know we yeah. have a team. We the team knows what they can do. Um, we have all star players and, you know, they're everyone's on board to exactly. And we don't limit our market. We'll go. South Dakota, North Dakota, wherever you want, Alaska. Um, right. I guess if it's in that, if it falls into the formula with that EV calculator, right? It's yeah. Good. Yep. So we'll we'll go anywhere. There's just not a place that we won't. We're open to all. Um, we're talking to any brand. I mean, we're looking at all sales. We're we have investors that would buy outright. We only manage. So we have things in that model. Uh, we would love to have investors. Right now, we aren't approved with Hilton. We There is a conversation happening, so right. we will be. But we don't see an issue with that. We do see an issue with Marriott uh, due to the fact that there's they have a different model to approve their management companies. So we're not doing too much with Marriott at the current stage, but I'm sure down the line we will. Is it more? Uh, is it actually tougher to get in with Marriott? It's not tougher. They, they, their guidelines have to do with uh, having at least three hotels under your belt. That's your ownership. And we so don't they're looking feel- for the they're looking for the person who who had an Econo Lodge, who had a uh, Comfort Inn and Suites, then who had a Days Inn, who now is looking to get it to that next level, that owner-operator who's looking for the next step. Yeah, and they wouldn't even look along those lines. It would be like more like Hilton properties, you know? So our oh, thing- Oh, shit. Wow, they're really- they're, That is tough, actually. That sounds tough. Yeah, so they would be looking along those lines, and then they we, we don't feel that we should be looking at that avenue. It doesn't fit into our model. Yeah. We're not going to go ahead and spend $30 million on three hotels just to be a Marriott operating company. We, we, you, you, you do well enough without them and they'll be the ones knocking on your door rather than. Yeah, you no, I'm sure I have people in Marriott. They're very interested in what we're doing. So, um, you know, and some of the brands we haven't spoken to yet, but you know, I mean, they like what we're doing and I'm sure Marriott will, probably wonder what it is exactly so 
But I mean, right now we're just looking at the product itself. I mean, we, we kind of look at, okay, do we work with this brand? Do we work with that brand? Um, Marriott has really AI with only one of their brands. I think it's Aloft that they put it into. But outside of that, I don't know. They haven't really implemented. They were going to try something. Hilton went with Connie back in 2016. Uh, I saw I that think. video on the website. Yeah. Yeah. That was so the they, first I'd heard of it, actually. I had never seen that before. Yeah, a lot of people haven't. And that's that's the thing is with the industry and AI, um, there hasn't been a full focus on it and emphasis. So and that's kind of what we're creating. Well, the Hilton corporate managed properties have like a Unifocus. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a labor management system. It's still oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah. antiquated in its in its own way. They're trying, but you know, um, they're just not getting a lot of traction. I mean, you know, the problem is that you have certain owners that want certain things. Certain owners don't believe in technology. They feel that the PMS is the best technology. <laughs> so. They don't. Yeah, they don't want to change their minds enough soon enough. Right, and they don't want to buy into it. But you know, that's where we feel. You know, where when we talk to owners, we're like, you got to operate with technology. So if you are not going to, you might as well tell us. Don't call us about just making your hotel great and not operate with technology because this is all technology driven. Right. You know. Everything is going to be analytic, data-driven, technology-driven. And if you if you want that and don't want to see it, that's fine with us. But, you know, we're driving everything with technology. So, you know, it's going to happen. I mean, you saw it with COVID, with Zoom, Teams. You know, it's, the market will tell, like, it's, it's, it's only net, like, it eventually – ownership like that obviously this is going to be down the line but there will come a time when you know ahoa says and the owners demand that there these brands mandate this or you know something it's going to be a, an industry standard eventually before we know it you know right right exactly and i i think i think why people haven't taken kindly to it is they've got the wrong concept. They think robots are going to take over the world, you know? And I think they believe that it's going to create. We're also, I, I also have this mindset that they want more human interaction. Human interaction is great, but that's not what the guests want. There's guests are looking for quick responses. And AI provides quick responses. That's why we have chatbots. That's well, why it gives it gives the freedom of choice to the consumer because yeah. if they want the the interaction, it's not going away. It's still there. They can still speak to somebody. If they don't want it, then they have the option, which up until now they don't have. Right, and now they're they're going to be able to know, you know, if they want to order DoorDash or they're going to want to know what's the nearest pizza they're going to have you know like siri echo amazon um apple microsoft they've all been around ai 
it's been in hospitality. Amazon's got to deal with Echo in certain hotels. I mean, we're talking to Amazon right now too, but you know, um, yeah, my previous hotel had had dots in all the rooms. So it's not that this is a new concept. This is a concept for a management company. the The concept falls not in an individual hotel. Now it falls in an umbrella of a management company. Right. So right. that's kind of where we are. We're developing all the technologies. I mean, eventually we are going to have our own technology, but with our partnerships, we're able to deliver all these technology-based solutions. Well, man, I, I appreciate you, uh, you you chatting with me, man. I feel like I learned a lot from you. I'm super excited. And, you know, if I can help in any way, let me know. Um, you know, I, I, I like what you I like what you're doing. So, yeah, definitely. Hey, guys, Kyle here again. Thank you for making it through another episode of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to it just as much as we enjoyed making it for you. Remember to leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and to share this episode with your friends. We can't wait to see you again next week. Have a hospitable day.